0: For the longest time, I was really afraid of becoming a mom. I thought that I should have these longings to be a mother, or I really should want to have a baby, but I never did. I was really happy with my marriage and my life before babies, and I loved my work, and I was really fearful of what it would do to my life, my body, my sleep, a lot of different things. I remember having a conversation with my friend Caitlin about this and was kind of nervous saying it out loud. And she looked at me and was like, me too. Me too. That's crazy. Like I haven't heard anybody else say that before. And we connected on that level because we kind of felt um, weird or alone or like we were the exception to the rule in women. And Today, I am going to interview Caitlin on the podcast. And if you follow me or Caitlin, you know that both of us are mothers to three children. Um, so I have three young children. She also has three children, uh, one of which is in heaven. And the the conversation that we have, our hope as we have this conversation is that you, if you're in the same boat, if you're afraid of becoming a mom or aren't ready um, and don't know if you ever will be is that our conversation would hopefully make you feel um, a little bit more normal and not alone. You're listening to Work and Play with Nancy Ray, episode 23. Much of our daily lives can be divided into two categories, work and play. Simply put, that is where our life and our legacy take place. This is a podcast all about learning to work and play well, which leads to a healthy soul and a fulfilling life. Listen up. Before we jump into the episode with Caitlin, my interview with her, I wanted to say a couple things. First of all, Caitlin and I have known each other for years. We have been on this motherhood journey together. We've both had three babies in the last five, four to five years, and it's been really neat to have neat isn't even the right word. It's been it's been so sweet and really enriching in my life to have a friend who has struggled with the fear of becoming a mom and we became moms around the same time. To walk through that together and learn from each other has been really, really sweet. I admire Caitlin on so many levels. So if you know of Caitlin, you know she's an amazing photographer. She teaches and equips photographers and business owners to lead Profitable businesses and purposeful businesses and purposeful lives. And she lives in Virginia with her husband and two children. She is just a gem. She shares from her heart. She's so authentic. And I think you're really gonna enjoy this episode. A couple things that I want you to be aware of. It is a longer episode. I did this on purpose because Caitlin has such a rich emotional story to share. So we're going to just dive in and I gave it as long as it needed. And I'm going to do a handful of interviews throughout the year on very specific topics with specific people that I have in mind to dive deeper on some of these more sensitive issues or just a topic that I feel like needs a little bit more time and space. So I hope it's encouraging to you. Also, if you are listening, I know you'll probably listen. You might think, oh my goodness, Caitlin and Nancy are trying to convince me To become a mom. And that's not the case. We're not trying to convince anybody if you're listening and you're afraid of becoming a mom, but you've made up your mind you don't want kids, or maybe you're just teetering on the edge and you don't know, or maybe you're just afraid and you know you want kids. Our heart is to do nothing but share our experience and our story. And we honor you wherever you are in this journey. Just wanna give you a place to not feel weird, um, to feel a little bit normal, and just to honestly share. The hard things, the great things, the joys, the sorrows, everything just from an honest perspective of what we have been through. So I hope that all in all, you're just encouraged by the fact that we were really afraid to become moms and now we're moms and we love it. So I hope this episode blesses you today. All right. Well, today I'm super excited to have a dear friend on the Work and Play podcast. Um, Caitlin James is here with us today. And Caitlin, I just want to thank you so much for being here and say a warm welcome. You're our very first guest on Work and Play with
1: Nancy Ray. Thank you. This is so exciting.
0: So exciting. Well, tell um, someone who might be listening just a little bit about you and your family um, and what you do.
1: Okay. So this is always such a big question because, um, it used to be when I would do podcasts, I'd like, well, I am a photographer and work with my Mm -hmm. husband. Um, but now I, you know, I need to introduce my family. I have a, I have a family with extra people. Um, so (laughs) I, um, you know, Michael and I uh, were high school sweethearts. We got married, um, when we were right out of college and then, um, we were married for 6 years and had our daughter Evie and then we um got pregnant with our second baby which was baby James and um you know, if you've heard our story before, you probably know that we lost that little boy at 31 weeks, um, but that was our second child and a huge, huge part of our story and our testimony. Um, and then the Lord just blessed us with um, a third baby who was born um, this past April, baby Graham. And so we are technically a family of five with um, a sweet baby in heaven, but on earth, we are a family of four and we are wedding photographers who are also educators. So we photograph weddings, but we also, um, we allow photographers to learn how they can run profitable and, um, purposeful businesses. So that's kind of what we spend our weekdays doing. But, um, we also just, we love our church. We love, um, our immediate family. We're really close to our immediate families. Um, and yeah, we just, we really love the season of life that we're in. And I'm just excited to talk about kind of a little bit of life before I was in this season, um and what the transition kind of looked like because I honestly could say with all the bumps and and the things we run into um this is the best season of my life so that's a little background about us.
0: I love it so much and what's so sweet is Caitlin and I um have run similar like kind of parallel lives yeah. in a lot of ways, yeah. um which is really sweet so we have known each other for several years now. I don't even know how many years yeah. we've known each other. Um, but both of our husbands were on staff at our at churches as youth pastors. Um, and Michael, your husband, stepped aside and stepped down from his role there mm-hmm. to pursue um your business endeavor for the last I don't know how many years that's been since he's done that. Right.
1: Yeah, gosh. I don't know, six years maybe, seven yeah. years? Yeah. Crazy
0: how much life has happened between and so anyway, oh, nice. just for anyone listening, their story and, and Michael stepping away really impacted my husband. He was on staff at church and we were praying mm-hmm. about what we should do next and um heard their story and then my husband stepped down um from his role as a youth pastor at church. Mm-hmm. And it's just been really cool to see God's hand of faithfulness in both of our lives in very different ways at different seasons. And I'll never forget standing at a Southern Weddings launch party Mm. with you guys and Michael. I think that's, it was like me and Will and you and Michael. Uh And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but the first launch party we told you, your story impacted us so much. It's changed the trajectory of our lives and Will just stepped away in our career. And then I think it was a year later at the next launch party where we were talking about how we were afraid to become moms or how yeah. we weren't ready. And we felt like everyone around us was really ready. Yeah. Um, like what's wrong with us? Like, yeah, we were like, we feel so bad saying this, but like the idea of having a kid, like we're not there yet. Like we're just, right? we just don't want a baby yet. We're not there yet. And I, I was fearful of it, but it was mm-hmm. really sweet. Cause I feel like even at a distance, you and I connected in a lot of ways Definitely. throughout different steps in our journey But it's been neat to see now how different our lives look now and how God was so faithful every single step of the way. Right. Um, I almost
1: Um, feel like that season of our life, when we kind of started our friendship, it's almost like God gave me a person, an example of another woman to show you like Caitlin you're okay. Like you're not broken. You're nothing's wrong with you. Like here's a friend who's going to make you feel okay about the fact that you don't, you're not like all the other women in your life. (laughs) Right.
0: And that, yeah. yeah, And that I think is my hope for this podcast episode is it can feel pretty lonely. Mm -hmm. And I just want whoever might be listening to know, like there are other people like you out there who might not be ready Mm -hmm. for kids yet, or you might not feel as maternal or you might think, Hey, what's wrong with me? Like I don't want a baby. Like I don't have this deep longing for to have a baby or to get pregnant like a lot of women around us do. And I even struggled with, you know, how do I reconcile that with the fact that a lot of my close friends are walking through infertility? Right. And right. How, how do I even voice that when I feel this way? and i feel so heartbroken for them um because that's such a hard journey so right anyway it i agree it felt like a gift when we just had that side conversation we're like you yes. too like you too we both yes. feel this way um it's which yeah, is instant and,
1: oh yeah and you just feel instantly connected because um I just didn't have anyone else that felt that way. Even some of my, I mean, my sister is like my closest friend and like all she ever wanted to do was be a mom. And I'm like, but I don't feel that way. Like, Oh gosh, something. And I also didn't feel maternal. And so I was just, and, and my, my husband wanted children and I'm like, what in the world am I supposed to do with this? And then meeting you just gave me this perspective of like, okay, well, you know, at least it's not just me. Like at least something's not wrong with me. I have an example or just a friend to walk through this with me. So it was truly like, um, such a, like it was such a God ordained thing. Um, cause the only reason you heard our story is because we said yes to doing a video series for friends who were doing this kind of marriage series online. And, um, you watch Laura's, uh, Laura Casey did a a video and that's how, I mean, it's just so crazy. Like we said yes to this one thing and it resulted in this sweet, sweet friendship. So. Yep. Totally agree.
0: So you and Michael were married for six years before you had Evie, right? Tell me a little bit about those years and Mm -hmm. what it was like for you and Michael and kind of your story leading up to the point when your heart was or wasn't ready or Mm -hmm. when you found out the news you were pregnant? Like, what was that whole journey like for you?
1: Oh, gosh. It is, I mean, honestly, it is so good to sit down and think about that season because now that I'm in a different season, it's hard to remember sometimes.
0: It really is, yeah.
1: It really is. I, I think for me, um, there's a lot of things happening in my mind and, um, a lot of insecurities, um, that came up, uh, in regards to thinking about motherhood. Um, but a loss, a lot of scarcity mindset as well. So, um, but let me start with what our life was like, and then I'll get into that. So, um, Michael joined me, started in the business with me in 2013 and Evie was born in 2017. So we had a good chunk of time where we were just working together and um, while wow, there was a lot of work and we were so busy, like the busiest we had ever been with work um, and growing more than we had ever grown um, very quickly. We also had a lot of crazy freedom. So like I was getting asked to to speak at all these conferences and Michael just got to go with me. Like we just would go to California and I'd speak at a conference and my husband would go with me and we were just this young couple with so much freedom, a lot of work, but so much freedom. And um I loved that. And I felt like, you know, I felt like the topic of kids kept coming up in the midst of when I was growing and hustling and things were moving forward at like lightning speed. And I remember thinking to myself like, Oh, I can't, I can't consider being a mom or or having kids because um my business will fall apart. So scarcity mindset. Um then I started thinking I don't think I can be a mom because I don't desire to be a mom and that's horrible. Like you can't have kids if you don't desire your whole life to have kids. Um something's wrong with me. And um so there was a lot of things about our life that I didn't want to give up and that I thought would have to change. Um and it really there's a lot of things that blinded me. Um you know, Michael and I were very happy in our life um, pre kids. We we just had a lot of adventures and a, like I said, a lot of freedom. That's the word I keep coming back to is freedom. And I feel like um, I feel like there was also a lot of brokenness. Um, gosh, I could literally talk about this for six hours, but basically, in a nutshell the hustle season of our business together was so productive and profitable and the business just grew and grew and grew. But Michael and I were probably the unhealthiest we'd ever been in our marriage. Um, And so towards the end of that, like before we got pregnant with Evie, um, we had began doing kind of like these um relationship coaching, like life transformation coaching calls and I just started to realize more and more and more about myself that I had never really paid attention to. Um, And what I found was that I was living in a very limited mindset of my life um, and that God had a lot more for me. So the mindset that I had about myself, um, it was Kind of defined by insecurity, but supported by things that I um, truly believed about myself that were actually lies. So, for example, um, compared myself to my sister, which I'm sure you struggled with this too, Nancy, because that, your sister, absolutely. you know, has a ton of kids. Yes, um, I know.
0: My sister has five kids, a girl, yes. triplet boys, and another girl. So, yeah, I totally totally get that continue yes.
1: um my sister's younger and had just gotten married and didn't have children but like i just knew like she, when she did have kids she's just going to be the greatest mom and um i don't even know how to cook so it wasn't just that i was focusing and like really you know being overwhelmed by the thought of being a mom but like Everything I was insecure about maternally and domestically, like the things that I couldn't do well, um, I just focused on them and I let them create a false narrative in my mind about who I was. I mean, in my mind, I had decided that... I'm Caitlin and I'm just good at business. That is my thing. That's what people praise me for. That's what I thrive at. And I'll never be good at X, Y, and Z because this is my area of expertise, which um, is so funny because as a dreamer and a business owner, that's not my natural inclination. Like my natural thing, is to dream and think of crazy things and produce products and resources that are so successful. Like it's not in my nature to limit things. But when it comes to myself, I felt like um I felt like just Satan just kind of limited me in the view of myself and it really stripped away all the hope I had of being a mom and being a good mom. So, when it comes to the season of life where we were like okay, maybe this is the time to start having kids, I didn't get there easily. Um I think I remember I maybe you remember this. Do you remember our retreat we went on? Um Yes. At Fairing, is it Farrington Village yep, or
0: Fairington? Yeah. Yep, I
1: do. Um, and I remember we were there with a lot of other successful women. You were pregnant, I think, with Millie. Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. and terrified, but pregnant. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Um, and I just remember being there, and all these other women were, you know, realizing certain struggles that they had, and and just certain seasons of life that they were um, that they were working through, and the reoccurring theme of that time together was I felt like the Lord just kept telling me, Caitlin, you're ready to be a mom. You're ready to accept it. It's not going to happen instantly, but you're ready to accept the fact that you could let yourself even think of that possibility. And I remember crying at a table with women who have like four or five kids um, and being like, I think I'm ready to consider being a mom. I I think I can do this. Um, And it was that that decision, it seems like it shouldn't be that hard, but it was really hard for me. And I had to overcome a lot of fear um, and really disrupt a lot of false things that I was believing about myself. So.
0: So talk to me about the fear, because I feel like that, I always say like, I was afraid to be a mom. Mm -hmm. And can you boil down the things that you were afraid of? Like, do you know what it was? I know you mentioned maybe the loss of freedom But Mm -hmm. was there anything
1: else you're afraid of? Um, It was a loss of freedom, but I would honestly say, and I don't think this is normal, but I I think one of my other big fears was it seemed almost too vulnerable or weird for me to view myself as a mom. Like, I know that sounds so strange, but it it really comes back to identity. Like I had this view of myself that... I was really great at business, and I was a leader. And um, I kind of not—I don't think I'm dominating, but I just have a take charge personality in some cases. And the role of being a mama just sounded to me like that is—I kind of cringed. Like that's not me. Like I can't fit into that role. And it's so funny because I've never really verbalized this, but it definitely was a part of the fears that. I cannot put myself in a position to view myself as being a mama. It just sounds so not me. And, um, and a lot of that was just rooted in, I had just written this storyline that like of who I was and I, I put up these walls and I wasn't letting God transform me into who he wanted me to be. And he wanted me to be a mama. And, yes. um, so I was afraid of being in a role that didn't seem to fit me, afraid of losing freedom. I was afraid of losing my business Um, And it sounds crazy, but I think I was also a little bit afraid of losing myself to my child. And also just, I was afraid of loving being a mom because what would that mean to everything else that I know that's true about me? Like, how can I, I'm barely getting everything done in my business and I'm full steam ahead. How in the world could I create room to love another human being? You know, women say having a child is like having your heartbeat outside of your body. Like, I don't have space in my life to do that. And and what does that even feel like? It's scary to think about that. And I think a lot of women normally are just so excited for it. But to me, it was terrifying. So I I think those are all my fears. But honestly, as we keep talking, I may realize I have more.
0: (laughs) Totally. It's so crazy because I I'm almost being transported in my mind back to that place in my life where there is almost this, this is kind of embarrassing to say, but almost like a disdain, like a, Mm -hmm. like a, oh, I don't want to be a mom. Like it's going to hold me back from all of these other things that I could do. Right. Um, As I say that, I, I think about Millie or Lyndon or Beaufort listening to this one day and wow. i like i get teary about it because yeah. i think about like why did i have that in my heart now that i'm on the other side and i know i'm like jumping ahead in the story but now that i'm on the other side right. it's like this how could i have felt that way now knowing what i know um I know, because it's been the greatest gift
1: it's a and i know that you, theory
0: i know and i know you understand um because yeah. we walked this journey together um but it's it's crazy. I think that just as I'm listening to you talk, um, you, in order to walk down this path and and go from being terrified of becoming a mom and what it will do to your marriage or um, your business or your freedom, or I was terrified what what it would do to my body. Like I was oh, so scared sure. of I'm sure. um, losing all of those things that I was so comfortable with and so happy with. Right. Um, but getting to the point of being okay with becoming a mom mm-hmm. um, and then going on to get pregnant and then going on to have a baby and then going on to have another baby, right. there is a transformation that takes place. And the thing that you have to realize is you have to be okay with changing. Like your identity yeah. does in fact change. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the hardest part for me too. I just so relate. It is, it. it's kind of rooted in identity and what you're telling yourself, mm-hmm. um, what your natural desires and giftings are for sure. Right. But also just being okay with kind of loosening the grip on some of those things that you've said for so many years. Right. And whether it's something you said to yourself in your mind or something you've told other people like, oh, you know, we're not ready for kids or we might not have kids or whatever. You have to loosen the grip of that and say, Lord, if you're doing something in me or if you're wanting me to change this in my life, like kind of surrendering that to him and being okay with that. Um, but yeah, no, I totally relate. So tell us a little bit about your pregnancy and having Evie and kind of what that looked like right. in your journey and in that whole kind of heart transformation.
1: Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know if it was you getting teary or what, but I've, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, Caitlin, you're gonna to have to hold it together. Um, you got a lot more to share.
0: I know. Um, I know. It's okay. We can just cry through this episode together. It'll be yes. fine. <laughs>
1: Everyone listening will be like, "Oh, those poor women. They really have a hard time." Um. So, gosh, thinking about I, I, I've just I've been through so much the last two and a half years that yeah. it is hard to even put myself back in the place of being pregnant with Evie, but I was such a different person. Um we got pregnant. We tried we started trying around January, which is so funny because um not to, you know, I don't want to make this TMI, but <laughs> we're like, "Oh, we're trying," which really meant we're just kind of sort of thinking about it and not doing anything to prevent. We weren't really trying. Um right. but I didn't know that. I mean, we'd never tried to get pregnant before, so um So after a few months of it not happening from just us like kind of being nonchalant about things, uh, if you know what I mean, we, um, we started really paying attention to things and, um, I got pregnant in May. So it took us, uh, almost half a year and which I know is, is not a long time to wait, but I did have thoughts of like, you know, well, what, what if this doesn't happen? And I, I think the Lord used that six month wait and that window of time to really allow my heart to settle in on like, no, I, I do want this. I do desire to, to start a family with Michael. And I can tell because, you know, we're saying we want this and it's not necessarily happening, you know, after three four five months, we, I started thinking like, well, I'm sure it will happen, but like, I've been realizing I do want it. And that was a gift. Um, so I'm really glad that it didn't happen just instantly we got pregnant with Evie, and I was overjoyed and so excited. And, um, but I I wouldn't say that that was a maternal switch that went off. Mm-hmm. I think I was pregnant, and I started accepting that I was a pregnant woman. I started showing, and I'm like, okay, like buying maternity clothes, and um, I I could tell that I just I loved this baby, but it was not like the love of a mom. Like it's not the love I have now. I, I didn't understand that yet. And I was still a workaholic, um, which that's a whole other story, but definitely workaholic. And I realized that um the year that I was pregnant with her. So I think the Lord in a lot of ways, um, he used my pregnancy with Evie to break me of some pretty serious strongholds that mm-hmm. needed to be broken in order for me to be the mom that I wanted to be. Um, and it's so funny, I almost said to be the mom that I've always dreamed of being, but I honestly never had a dream of what mm. being a mom would look like. Um, but I knew once I was pregnant, like I want to be a present, loving, faithful, like mom. And and I want to be able to um, to live into this vision of motherhood that I'm starting to form. And I think God knew, well, Caitlin, there are things about your life and your priorities and your and where your identity lies that you're going to have to be stripped down in order to be ready to be a mom. And so I was, gosh, eight months pregnant with her when I developed an in- incredibly serious, um, intense hand tumor in my right hand, um, which is the hand. It was actually in the knuckle of the finger that I used to take pictures, like the trigger finger that actually takes the pictures. Yeah, your um, pointer finger. I, I remember that. Yes, yeah, my pointer finger. It, um, I had a tumor that was being kind of supported and spurred on by pregnancy hormones. And once I hit a certain part of pregnancy, it blew up, it cracked my knuckle open um, and it was eating away at all the healthy bone of my knuckle to the point where I went, we finally realized what was happening and I got sent to a hand oncologist um, and he rushed me into surgery 48 hours later, um, nine at this time, nine months pregnant and I stayed awake for the whole surgery. And here I am laying on an operating table. This is kind of a crazy story to just throw in here, but it's really important in my mother's journey. Um, and he's like, you know, once we get in there, we'll let you know whether or not we need to amputate your finger. Um and your knuckle from your right hand or not, because we don't know how much damage has been done. And we don't know if your bone can grow back. We also will let you know, I'll take it up to pathology, the tumor, and I'll let you know if it's cancerous or not. And if it is cancerous, we will, um, we'll, you know, talk about if we need to take the baby early, which is fine. Cause I was nine months, um, and start treatment. And I'm like, what? Like, Oh my gosh. Um,
0: those are things and, you just nonchalantly like say like, Oh, and if you have cancer, this is what we'll do.
1: Like what? Like what? Yes, That's insane. I know. And, and, you know, I laid there and um, they have a blue wall of paper up, so I can't see the, them operating. And then I'm using my other hand to hold my stomach and feel my little girl like kicking and moving around. And In that time frame, from the time that the tumor flared up to post surgery, right before delivery, I could not work. I could not type, couldn't even do I couldn't do emails, I couldn't do anything. I was instantly stripped of everything that gave me my purpose and my identity as a working woman, as a businesswoman, as Caitlin James, you know, whatever that title means, to me it meant a lot and it carried a lot of weight and I lost all of that. The month before I became a mom, and that was the greatest gift to me ever. <laughs> I don't think most people would ever say that, but having a giant cell tumor just show up in my hand and almost steal my my knuckle and my finger away—like I'm going to tell Evie one day when she's old enough to understand that—like God allowed me to walk through that. And that for her was one of the greatest gifts because I was a different mom because of that experience. And that experience really changed so much of my motherhood journey and the way that I viewed being a mom. It stripped, it stripped away the workaholism that I struggled with. Um, I think God had tried to take that away from me and heal that part of my life previously, but I was too stubborn. And so I don't think he like, I don't think he said, Oh, Caitlin, you're being so stubborn. Let me give you a tumor. I think, I think he's a loving God. And he's like, you know, Caitlin, you your life is going to change and you're going to miss the goodness and the sweetness of being a new mom if yeah. you don't learn to step away from work. And he, I think he allowed that season um to heal me of that. And so Then it comes time. I mean, there was other crazy things. I had gestational diabetes with Evie. It was my first baby. No one knew if I could deliver a big baby, but she was measuring over the 95th percentile. um, And we assumed that was because of my diabetes. Um, And I had an awful OB who told me I couldn't deliver her. She was too big. Um, She actually scheduled a C-section for me without me knowing it. And um, the hospital called and wanted to confirm my surgery time. And I'm like, Um, that was awful. And so here I am. I just got done with surgery. My hand is full of stitches. I'm healing. And now I'm having to worry about how I'm going to get this baby out of me. And, um, it was a battle for weeks. It was a battle. Um, I was told that if I tried to give birth to this baby vaginally, then I would, um, I would be a bad mom because she would have nerve damage in her shoulders because surely her head would get stuck. Just horrible things you should never hear from an OB. Mm. Um, but I decided to, that I had a piece about uh, working with midwives and work I was in a hospital and I ended up giving birth giving birth to a nine-pound 10-ounce baby with no problem. And I remember um them putting her on my chest. And of course I've never experienced this before, ever. But to me, I was pregnant. I love this baby. But like people said, there was like a magical moment, you know, when you hold your baby for the first time. And I'm like, oh, of course, you know, like right. everyone says that, yeah. <laughs> but it truly is what they say. And, and 10 times more because they put her on my chest and literally and everything changed about what I cared about in my life. I like, I remember touching her elbow, which is so weird, but I remember touching her elbow and being like, oh my gosh, you're real. Like, oh my gosh, I'm a mom. And it was this, it was the beginning of a beautiful transformation in my life. And I walked into that day that I had her. I have never felt more accomplished. Um, it's funny. I felt more accomplished in the moment of pushing her out and bringing her into this world than I ever have in any season of business. And I've accomplished Mm -hmm. some pretty big things in business. Um, and, oh, it was just still to this day, there's nothing like that first holding your first baby. I'm sure you can relate with Millie. (laughs) It's just the best. It is. And Shauna
0: Nequist, I think talks about in one of her books about thin places, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, oh, but it's like, um, where heaven and earth, like the, the separation between heaven and earth get really, really thin. And it's almost like you can feel it's like for a second, they kind of collide and you oh, feel goodness. like it's so sacred and so precious that it's like the supernatural and natural collide and it just becomes really thin, like that barrier yeah. between, um, the supernatural and natural and like heaven and earth. And oh, I the birth of my babies, I always think they're the it's that thin place of feeling yeah. like you're touching a piece of heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, it right. is supernatural and it's it's the wildest experience when you do pull them on your chest and you're like, There's mm-hmm. it's not just a baby, it's another soul, it's another yeah. life that has come into this earth. It's it's incredible for sure. And I didn't, it's not something that I even, you don't have the framework for that before you're a mom. You don't have, you just, it's the kind of thing. And I think being a mom in general, you just have to walk through it. You, like you might be listening to this podcast and thinking like, well, I don't, I'm not there yet, or I don't get that. And that's okay. Like you don't have to get it until it's your time. Like that's fine. But when the time comes, you'll you'll know. And it you just have right. to experience it. You have to walk through it and feel what that's like. But yeah, I totally relate. And it is, it's the hardest you'll ever work and the greatest accomplishment you'll yes. ever it, make oh, in life. It's, but it's it, it's, it's incredible. Yeah.
1: It is. And and I wish I could say that I like had this like step by step process of being ready to become a mom. But it was um my process to being ready to be a mom was so um extended over a long period of time and God used different people and different um stories and and different experiences and traumas almost in my life. Like yeah. there's so many things that went into Caitlin becoming a mom. And it wasn't just this day where I woke up and were like, I'm ready. Like right. I'm just ready. I don't think anyone will ever experience that. Um and and as I was thinking about our time on this call, I was thinking about like, you know, I was trying to think back to like, what is something else in my life that I didn't understand until I was in it? And it kind of like getting married. I remember before we got married, I'm like, cause we didn't live together before we got married. So I had this strange, like, oh my gosh, what in the world is it going to be like to share everyday life and live with another person, to live with a man and, you know, be committed to him forever. And like, what is marriage going to be like? And becoming a mom is like, Similar to that, only I think ten times more intense, because you just really cannot understand the beauty and the like, uh, the beauty and the almost the glory of being a mom until you are in it, and that is a huge risk because it means you've got to walk into that journey and be okay and and surrender control, trusting that the other side is going to be as beautiful as you thought, and that is very risky. And I I remember feeling that risk so real; it was such a real thing to me. Absolutely. And
0: it's also, it's, I feel like we have to wrestle with these messages that we're constantly getting, like, oh, being a mom is so wonderful and it's bliss and it's incredible. And then there's also like being a mom is the hardest thing I've ever done. And it's so difficult. And, you know, I've never experienced sleep deprivation like this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like, it's these kind of like a wave of all these mixed messages you get. Before becoming yeah. a mom, of like, what is it great or is it hard? And, or is it what, like, is, it? what, what is this thing? You know, and it, yeah, yeah, it's, it's all of it. It's mm-hmm. all of it. Um, it but it's, it's worth taking on all of it. It's worth mm-hmm. taking on. And, and uh, I'm speaking for myself and for you, Caitlin, that yes. we have found that it's worth it. Um, yes, we have just because of the transformation we've gone through, but mm-hmm. also understanding the deep fear. And unsureness and just, yeah, confusion oh. about our identity and everything leading up to that point. Right. Um, it's hard, but I think you're exactly right when you say there, it, there's a risk. You have to kind of look at it and say, hey, I'm stepping into this unknown thing and right. I'm, I'm scared and it doesn't just, those fears don't just go away right the um questioning doesn't really go away the moment that you get pregnant or decide you're ready or even when you mm-hmm. have a baby some some mamas don't connect with their little babies for weeks and right. weeks and it takes a while but um it is a slow growth so tell me about now so we talked about you you know getting pregnant and having Evie but your mm-hmm. journey has has blossomed and grown tenfold right. since you've had her because of your two sons that you've had mm-hmm. since her as well, so um, share about um, your your journey with baby James, and I would love for you to share his story because it's incredible and so beautiful, and we just treasure him and his life so much, mm-hmm. and um, sweet baby Graham as well.
1: Oh, yes. oh you're so sweet. I um, I always hop on the chance to talk about James because uh talking about him is the closest thing we have to feeling like he's with us you know mm-hmm. um, because he's not physically with us and um i think it's so crazy to me that i was the girl so afraid of being a mom and yet i was the girl who um also just longs and my heart aches for a second baby that i don't get to have here on earth it's it's just Um, it's just so ironic to think about, you know, who I used to be and the way my heart feels now. Um, so when Evie was eight months old and Evie's, Evie's first year, um, of life was, you know, it was beautiful and wonderful and, but it didn't have, you know, it was not without struggle. Um, she had hip dysplasia. So one of her hips was not forming correctly. And so she spent, um, um, a quarter of her first year, um, almost a third of her first year in a permanent hip harness. Um, we couldn't bathe her anymore. We had to keep her in this hip harness to try to fix uh, her hips. And then it was a hip brace. And that, that took a lot of focus and energy and a lot of emotions went into that season of life. But right when that season was ending and we kind of took a sigh of relief, like, okay, her hips are okay. We think like we're moving on, like, you know, let's relax. I found out I was pregnant. I had no idea. I we had no idea. I was I was not planning on this. Um, I almost said, I don't know how this happened, but I, I do know how it happened and I, <laughs> I I it was just a shock. And um, you know, I I cried about it because I was so overwhelmed. I was going to have babies 15 months apart. And that's never what we had planned, you know, air quotes. It's not what we planned. And, Mm -hmm. um, but we quickly got very excited about this baby and, um, you know, James's story, there's so much to it, but basically in a nutshell, we went to his 20 week appointment and, you know, I'd gotten pregnant so quickly that I, I started showing at like nine weeks. I was huge. <laughs> um, but we found out at his twenty week appointment that I was also um a little bigger than normal because he was very swollen and full of problems. Um, lots of problems. And I you know, I remember being in the the room with the doctor and she was telling us about you know he has a cystic hygroma on the back of his head he um his legs and his arms do not look like they're as long as they should be his head is somewhat misshapen and um you know he has something wrong with his heart so we need to do some genetic testing but i you know i i don't think this looks good like i, I don't think you uh, i don't think your baby will be able to survive and i remember sitting there just like begging God, like, no, 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 this is, no, this cannot be happening. This is all a mistake. Um, this is not our story. And, um, weeping with Michael, um, just sobbing when the doctor left and we had a few moments by ourselves. and, you know, in some ways, how beautiful is it that you're weeping over this baby we've never met and, I was the woman who was so afraid to be a mom in the first place. And I remember thinking like, I don't care. I don't care what's wrong with him. I, I will do, I will stop my life. I will do everything I can for this baby. I will, I will take him to therapies. I'll take him to surgeries. We'll pay. We'll give everything we have to make him have a, de- a decent life. No matter how many medical complications, um, we will give our life to him. And I just want him to live and that's coming out of the mouth of the woman who like a year and a half prior said, well, yeah, a year and a half prior said, I don't know if I can be a mom. So I, um, we, we quickly learned that he, through a test that he had Down syndrome, all of his complications were stemming from the fact that he, uh, had trisomy 21 and, um, so we started preparing to lose him, and the Lord was so gracious because I prayed so hard. Like God, please let us know. I want to know how this is going to end. Am I preparing myself to lose a child, or am I preparing myself to have a life that is very different than I ever thought? And I'm going to be a mom to a severely disabled um, little boy, which you know I, I wanted that. I I was ready for that. Um, but the Lord had different plans. And I carried him for 11 weeks, um, just watching him decline. And we went and we, um, it's so interesting. It's just crazy to think about it in the context of my season of not wanting to be a mom and then what we did for James. But yeah. we just wanted to try to be his parents as much as we could during the season we had him. So, what do you do for a normal baby? Well, You know, I think a lot of parents are like, oh, we spend a lot of time in the doctor's office. We spend a lot of time doing it. And so, like, we went every week. We didn't need to do ultrasounds. Like, we knew what was happening, but we went every week for an ultrasound just to see our baby alive. Mm That's the only time we saw him alive was through an ultrasound screen. And it felt like as parents, like, we need to show up and go to these ultrasounds every week, even though they're devastating. And I always get in the elevator coming down from the second floor of Virginia Women's Center, bawling my eyes out because of what we just saw. I want to do this because I just want to feel like I'm his parent and do things that parents would do. And parents take their babies to doctor's appointments. Um So we just did this for 11 weeks and, um, gosh, there's so much I could share. That's probably for a different podcast, but, um, I'll have you come back and share. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Okay. Um, But yeah, I
0: just, I can't imagine. I'm just trying to, and I I can't, you know, there's just, there's so much with his precious little life. Yes.
1: He, he had, um, he was just his story. We we shared his story and it changed other people's lives. And mm-hmm. um, when I had him, you know, I think this is another ironic part is that when I had him, I gave birth to him and I hope <laughs> this isn't TMI, but I um, basically got my period two weeks after having him and I'm like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, technically I could, I mean, it's not healthy, but I could be pregnant again. I could get pregnant again, and right. after you live through that, you know, especially coming from the person who's very sure, like earlier on in their you know young married years, that she doesn't want to be a mom. Like, how could she be a mom? I immediately wanted to get pregnant again. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> and we prayed about it, and um, it was risky physically because I had been through a lot. I had Evie, and then eight months later, started growing another baby, and then lost that baby almost full term. Somewhat, 31 weeks. He was over five pounds. So it wasn't like, you know, I it, it was it was a it was a real delivery, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um real real as in, I went through the whole labor process and it felt, yeah. you know, just have to clarify that. But yeah, yeah. um but I got pregnant with baby Graham three months later, and it was a roller coaster of emotions being pregnant after an experience like what we had with baby James, yeah. but when baby Graham was born this past April, he's currently 3 months old. Um oh my gosh, I just can't tell you like holding him after I held a baby that wasn't living. Like that is it will be hands down that I don't think there will ever be another moment quite like that in my entire life. It was one of the most beautiful gifts that I've ever experienced. And Michael and I were just weeping and so grateful for a healthy baby that was screaming his head off like I've never been so excited to hear a baby scream their head off <laughs> um, and you know I remember laying there, and our nurse actually I had the same nurse for Evie for James, and she walked in right when baby Graham was being born and um I remember looking at Sarah, the nurse, and saying like This is so much sweeter, like when you've experienced the complete opposite. And um, so I am... What a miracle it is. Yeah. Such a miracle. So that's kind of our story. We now have three children, but two here on earth. And I am just such a different person. I am so different than... I I sometimes refer to myself as there's an old Caitlin and a new Caitlin. And the old Caitlin was defined by the fact that I wasn't a mom and the new Caitlin is the mom version of Caitlin. And they're just two separate people. So,
0: so if you could go back and talk to old Caitlin and sit her down and tell her something after all that you have been through with your three beautiful babies, I I, know you can't even put it into words, but
1: if you could try, what would you tell her? Oh, such a good question. It's probably gonna make me cry, um, but I would say to her, I'd be like, I would say, Caitlin, you, like, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, I would probably say, you know, you are so certain of the life you have now because you have such a limited view of yourself and what God has for you, and he has a story that is so hard, but so beautiful. And you will be a different woman because of what I allow, because of the way that I allow your children to change you, but it will be exactly who I designed you to be. And you'll be good at it. And you're not going to be floundering around like, you know, this image you have in your mind of you as a mom is so inaccurate and You will hold your babies and nurse your babies and you will actually enjoy nursing your babies. Mm. All the things that you are so fearful of, you will be obsessed with and you will cherish and you just have no idea what you're talking about. Um, (laughs) And it's okay. Like It's okay that you don't know. How would you know? But I have something so wonderful waiting for you and you just got to trust me. Like I feel like if I was the Lord... Talking to past Caitlin, that's what I would say. Like, just trust me with your babies and with your journey to motherhood, because you know, if you believe Scripture to be true, which you either believe all of it or none of it, you can't just pick and choose. You know, I truly believe that He has good plans for me, and even, and I believe that even losing a child, mm-hmm. um, and so now that I'm on the other side of that, and I have given birth three times and grown three babies, and and, you know, in the throes of like having a toddler and a newborn, you know, I, I still believe, and I cherish the truth that like, God has a plan for me and a plan for my children. And that's like a whole nother podcast thinking right. about what God's going to do through us in our children. Like that is amazing. And that is like my new found purpose and identity in this life is like, God, use me in this capacity. Like, what do you have for me here? Um, so many things. I feel like I've talked your ear off, but like there's just so That's much to so share good. about this stuff.
0: It is. And it's so, it, I feel like your story, the Lord can use your story from so many different angles, but you can't leave part of your story out or else it's not right. the full picture. And right. so it's this beautiful transformation. I feel like we've all just listened to a transformation that took place in your heart and your life yes. Yes. through yes. the gift of your your children Mm -hmm. and ultimately the gift of the Lord giving you your three children and all of the bumps and um, turns and heartbreak and grief and unexpected things along the way. Mm -hmm. I look at you now and like you said, at the very beginning, you're the happiest, you're the most fulfilled at this season in your life than you've ever been, Mm -hmm. which is just so sweet to hear. Um, So what would you tell somebody who's maybe listening, who is kind of stuck in that terrified, like, I'm not ready. I don't have that longing. I don't know what this is like. And I'm still here. Like I still, Mm -hmm. I'm still kind of frozen in this place. What would you tell that person?
1: Hmm. That is a good question. And I feel like as I sit here, I'm trying to think back to like, what were the most encouraging things that I heard from people, um, and a lot of women say to me like, "Oh, you'll know when it's time." And I don't know. I don't know if that helped me because I'm yeah, like, "That was not helpful to for- me too." I never really knew. <laughs> I never knew either. Like I was pregnant. I'm walking around pregnant. I'm like, it, I don't feel that yet. And and I've right. already made the decision. You know, I'm here. I am. Um, I I think my advice to someone who is still in that season of unknown is that that they have to trust that change in their life could be the most beautiful thing that could ever happen to them. And I think it's hard to believe that when you love the life that you have. Like, I think it's hard to trust in a new season and a new identity and a new role in life when the, the role that you have is so good and it's so fulfilling like how could anything be more fulfilling than what I had before babies? i had I had everything I could ever want, and you know, um I would tell them, you know, no matter what you believe, from my perspective, I know that God has good plans for them and that He loves his children, just like I now love my children and um so when I believe that about what God says about me in my life, I can say that for other people you know, that the Lord has good plans for you. And um to pray and to seek um peace over the situation, I think um that was one of the greatest gifts that I received is that even though I wasn't completely sold on like viewing myself as a mom, could I do this? Um, the Lord did me it did give me a, a sense of peace while I was pregnant with Evie. And I remember that very clearly. Like I'd be nervous. I'd think about, gosh, I don't know if I can view myself as a mom. It's weird to look in the mirror and just see a baby bump. Like, how am I going to look with a baby on my hip? Like, that just doesn't seem like me. But I also had this peace that, like, it's going to be okay and and it's going to fit. I don't know how, but it's going to fit me. And um, so I'm going. I would pray for peace for those people as they walk into this this new season. Um, Peace and trust, you know. Uh, And I think for me in business. Um, the encouragement I have is that it's amazing to me how in preparing to be a mom, I started handing over tasks. I had to, when my hand was broken, um, my business skyrocketed when I became a mom. And I know that's not true for everyone, but it is such a story of God's faithfulness that when I stepped away and started letting other people handle systems and processes, and I just started doing what only I could do. Oh my gosh! My business grew ten times more than it did before I had kids because I was controlling everything. Um, so that's just an encouragement to business owners out there that, like, what if, what if everything you believe about being a mom could be completely opposite of what you think? Right? What if there was a different opportunity there, and you are just stuck in the story that you keep replaying in your mind of like, can't be a mom, X, Y, and Z is going to happen, but you created that. What if, you know, who? Who put that idea in your mind? Like you were creating the story. What if there could be a completely different story? Because that was my experience.
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like as I have listened to you tell just the story of your journey becoming a mom and you encouraging people listening, I think the bottom line is that transformation is it can take place. And that's part of the journey is you almost have to be okay with transformation with a huge heart change,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: a huge mindset change, like everything has to shift. Um, but it's okay. It's yes. okay. Cause that shift, I think if, if I can put it into words, I think that shift is what I was so scared of is right. like, am I going to lose myself mm-hmm. in motherhood, um, and mm-hmm. becoming a mom. And in a way, in a way you do, Um, Mm -hmm. If I'm honest, but in a way you don't, you're still the same person. You're still the same Caitlin with all of your gifts and your Mm -hmm. business knowledge and your dreams. Like it's just a transformation. And as your friend, um, knowing you before kids and walking with you through this whole journey, um, and watching you become a mom, it has been the most beautiful transformation and I've loved seeing it. And I just, I admire you so much, Caitlin, and how- You. you run your business, but more importantly, how you and Michael are so invested in your marriage and your family and you are an amazing mama. Such Thank an amazing you. mom. And I look up to you a lot in that. Um, in all kinds of ways, which is why I wanted you on the podcast. So I'm so grateful. Well, I'm honored.
1: I'm it's an honor to talk about this because I feel like no one has ever asked me th- these questions. And I think that's because um I d I don't have a lot of friends who experience the same worry and fear and, um, kind of trepidation as you and I have. And so, um, uh, I think that's why this is a unique conversation between two people who, you know, just have walked similar roads. And I just hope that people will listen to this and realize that, um, that they're not broken because they feel that way. Right. Um, um, uh, because we're kind of the minority when it comes to the demographic of, of women. I feel like, um, I just want people to know that everything that you just said was completely spot on. Um, and I think that when you said like, I was afraid of the transformation, I think my fear was exactly like yours. And it, it was stemming from the fact that I had no way to taste and see that like the other side was good and I could only see the change and I couldn't see the fruit of having children and the joy. So, um, I think it really comes down to trusting that the transformation is going to be beautiful and joyful and one of the best things that will ever happen to you. And you just have to trust it because you can't yeah. know it until you're in it.
0: Okay. So the last question I have is tell me about your freedom now versus the freedom that you had before kids, um, um kind of compare. Cause that was one, one major thing you said was like, you kept coming back to that word freedom you and Michael before babies, and you felt like kids kind of, or your perspective of having kids would kind of tether you. And that's, I was afraid of that too. Um, You know, loss of sleep, loss of ability to travel. Like, why would I choose these things? Um, But would you say you're more free now than you were then? And what does that look like for you?
1: Oh my gosh. That's exactly. You asked that question. I'm like, oh, I know the answer to this. I am. I am so much more free now. It's, I would almost go so far as to say that the old Caitlin didn't truly understand what freedom was. Hmm. I thought I was free. And when I was talking about freedom, I was just talking about a schedule. Like that definition of freedom was a schedule and ability to travel the freedom that I'm talking about now after having kids is a freedom of the heart. And I would, Oh my gosh, hands down want to have a heart that is free to love my children and to have fun in life. And like, I mean, we just took our kids to Scotland. We did, we just took our two year old and a three month old to Scotland. So I don't know what I was so afraid of. We still have the freedom that I loved, but like the freedom of the heart is what I didn't even know I was missing until I had kids. Like to let go of work, be okay with not being the overachiever that I always was. It was actually damaging my marriage. Um, I am free from so much of that because my walls came down when I became a mom. And that also circles back around to the vulnerability factor of like, I am. I only view myself one way and I can't view myself as a mom. Like that's so, um, like it, it's an intimate and mother. mothering just seems like it doesn't fit me. But like when you let your walls down, you start to encounter and experience other versions of who you are that you were always designed to have. But sometimes seasons of life keep you from that. So when it comes to freedom and everything I said prior about what I was so afraid of, God had more of it and abundantly more of it on the other side of being a mom. I just I just couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. And now I do and I would never go back. I would never ever choose. Someone asked me, they were pregnant with their first and similar stories to ours and they said, you know, what about the life you used to have? And I I told them like completely serious and very 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 serious, I just would never go back. And ch- I would never choose to go back to the life before Evie. Um and I, I would never go back to the life before any of my babies because they have, they have changed me in the most beautiful way.
0: I love that. Thank you, Caitlin. That I totally agree. I mean, I ask you that question on purpose because I know you, <laughs> and I know you are more free. The way yeah. you live, the way you love, it's it's like you, the love that you experience for your children. It has mm-hmm. bounds, and it's yes. Yeah, I think it really does. Um, Show us the love of a father Mm -hmm. um, in the Lord. And it just reveals an extra, um, not an extra piece Mm -hmm. of his heart, but like it it reveals his perspective of us as his kids. Um, Yeah. pretty amazing. So thank you so much for sharing your story and thank you for being oh. on the podcast today. I'm so grateful. I'm oh. going to end with just a series of kind of more lighthearted, fun questions for you just okay. so we can get to know you a little bit more. Um, yes. Tell me about a book that you're loving.
1: Oh, it, this, is gonna read really, in the <laughs> this is going to be really. This is yes. You know me well. You know that I'm not a great reader, but um, a book. It's funny. The book that we're reading right now is called um, "Oh Crap Potty Training," and yeah, really, it's allowed our um our our toddlers. When I say ours, um, my sister. And she has a little boy and, you know, obviously Evie is our little girl, but they've potty trained in three days. So love that book. Yeah. Uh, highly all, recommend
0: it too. I can vouch for it.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, So that's kind of a funny one, but I also really love um It's Not Supposed to Be This Way by Lisa Turkhurst. I think uh, I'm just starting that. And after our season with James, um, mm-hmm. you know, very different than her struggle that she's had when she wrote that book, um, coming out of an affair and- Um, just a lot of, a lot of struggles, but the book just resonates with like how we deal with hurt and pain and grief, um, when you're a believer. So love that. So those are probably my two answers for the book question.
0: Um, what is a product that you're loving? It
1: can be anything, personal or anything. anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I love, um, there are these eyelashes that I have been using, um, and they're magnetic, but they look like um, like I have extensions on my eyes. And I've gotten extensions- I extension. noticed your
0: eyelashes at Creative at Heart. I noticed oh, them yes. and I thought they're so pretty. Okay,
1: so this, tell me more. Magnetic. I'm excited.
0: Yes. yes. Okay. Magnetic now, eyelashes.
1: Yes. It's a little bit of a splurge, but- I love them because I can just kind of clip them on whenever I am like recording something or going out to dinner. I don't wear them around the house, obviously, but they're just, they're called um, One Two Cosmetics. That's the brand. Okay. And they just clip one and it, they're just very subtle, but it, it literally gives you the the volume of lash extensions without having to spend $200 every month to get lash extensions. So they're so do you reusable put mascara
0: on. Do you put mascara on after you clip them on or no?
1: So you put mascara on first and then you clip them on and it just adds a little boost. So you do have to clean them because the mascara kind of gets kind of clumpy on them, but that is the only downfall is that you have to clean them. But I love them so much.
0: I really want to try them now. Thank you for that. Okay. You're welcome. Um, Okay. If you could share a meal with anybody, who would it be?
1: You know, whenever someone asks me this, it's, I always say my grandma because I never met her Mm. and it's my dad's mom. And, um, she was a redhead. She started her own jewelry shop back in the sixties. She loved to paint. Basically. Um, my family says that like so much of my creativeness and my Um, I don't even know if creativeness is a word. Creativity, (laughs) Creativity. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Creativity comes from her, and I never got to meet her. And so I would just love to sit down with her because, um, I just feel like we have a lot in common, and I would just love to just to meet her and to see, like, oh my gosh, I got so much of this. No one else in my family is wired like this. It had to be from her.
0: That's awesome. I love that so much. Um, what did you want to be when you were little? When you grew up, when you said I want to be this when I grow up, what did you say?
1: I feel like it's every kid's response. I wanted to be a veterinarian. That's <laughs> I just, cute. yeah. I just wanted to work with animals. I used to have a pet worm. Oh my gosh! Literally, I had, I had a, a box of worm? dirt. Yes, <laughs> I had a box of dirt in my childhood bedroom where I kept a pet worm. I would dig him out of the and hold him every day. It was so weird. But <laughs> that um, is
0: the best random fact about you. I think I've ever heard these yeah. questions. These are the best. Oh, yeah. um, that's hilarious. What are you most proud of in your life?
1: Um, my children, Yeah. great answer to the end of this podcast, but totally. they are. It, I'm most proud of my work as a mom and growing them and getting them here and and loving them and raising them and taking care of them. But then I'm also like, I just know that like they are little walking pieces of my legacy and I'm so proud of them, even though they're so little. Um, Yeah, So I I just, that is the best part of my life right now and will probably be forever. Yeah, probably. Um, What does work and play mean to you? Um, Work and play to me, um, it, it means, having a life that is peaceful. So I think about balance, even though it's hard to balance sometimes, but I think about, um, if there is work and there is play, then there is this, um, there is this peace that is in my life. Um, and it's beautiful. I, I think, Um, I love the title of this podcast because I think that this is the constant balance that we're trying to find. Like we want to work and produce and create great things, but we also want to have downtime and just enjoy the life that we're building. And that I think is one of the greatest, um, if you you can find a way to do that, I think it's one of the greatest joys of life. So, Yeah. yeah. So I think peace and joy, I think of work and play and I just think of the balance and the peace that that brings to our life. And we're not perfect at it. But when we do have good seasons of working hard so that we can play hard, oh, it's just, it is just the best. Like I'll give you a quick example. I know we got to go, but we're going to work all day, like tomorrow and then shut everything off at five and then take our kids to a theme park for two hours. And it's just this beautiful depiction of like, I worked and I get to play. And it's I think that's how life should be, you know, that we, we get to do both and we get to do it for a great purpose.
0: That's so fun. That sounds like such a great day. I want yeah, to be part of that day. That's so fun.
1: <laughs> wow. okay, you should come one, on up. Take I know, next. right?
0: <laughs> um, one last question. How do you maintain a healthy soul and a fulfilling life? It's kind of a loaded um, question.
1: <laughs> that is a very loaded question. Maybe just um, one way you do that. <laughs> one way. One way that I do that is, I would say, by staying in tune with truth, because a healthy soul cannot be um, like, kind of tainted or stained by fears and lies, and I feel like I am the healthiest when I am truly viewing myself through the lens of God's view of me, Um, and not not the lens of expectations, you know, of who I think I need to be um, insecurities that I have built up that I've decided to believe about myself. Like I, I've got to be free of all of that to protect my soul. And so I, I have to make it a huge priority in my life to take every, ca- um, every thought captive, like to literally think about what I'm believing and yeah. to decide if that's coming from a place of truth or um, a place of deception. And, when i live my life being very aware of whether or not things are truthful or not i feel like that is when i experience joy and when i experience a healthy soul so it's a loaded answer i probably could talk about that for 4 hours but yeah it's, um, yeah
0: i think we have like 18 different podcast episodes that we could spin off of this one and yeah. like continue to talk about but no that's Perfect. a great that's a great answer and i yeah i totally Agree. Well, tell um, everybody just where they can find you and follow you online and kind of what you're up to these days.
1: Okay. Um, I think most people in general um, enjoy following us on Instagram. So it's just, you know, my handle is at Caitlin James. Um, and we share our family and photography education and our couples. And we share all these things. But um, I think that's the best place to kind of see a well rounded picture of our life day to day. And then, you know, if you're a photographer, we have amazing resources that are super fun. Um, we do KJ All Access which is where we let people become a virtual third shooter and they get to join us behind the scenes and watch us shoot. Um, and that's kind of our most exciting resource and the biggest resource that we've ever created for the photography industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you are maybe a parent or uh, maybe you're someone who's struggled um, with losing a child, we have resources about... Um, you know, carrying a baby to term um with a fatal diagnosis and um, you know surviving stillbirth and how to help people with you know unimaginable situations. so you know there's a lot of variety of what we kind of have online, but I think it's all part of the story that God is writing in our life, and so um just following us on Instagram will give you links and access to all those things,
0: yeah, and one of my favorite things about being Caitlin's friend and following her is um how she interweaves everything together. So it's not there's not this separate like, you know, it's not separated like, oh, her family's over here and like her faith is over here and her work is over here. Um, everything is integrated. And right. I think that's beautiful. And I think it's the way that we should live um, mm-hmm. in our work and in our play. Um, you know, I think that our faith and our perspective and our personal life and our work, I mean that's we're humans. It's all yes. intertwined. But I think You're one of my friends who does that so well. And I think that's why um, so many people are drawn to you is because you're so authentic, but you also aren't afraid to share your heart in all these different areas of your life. So um, definitely follow Caitlin already because she's just the biggest encouragement and she has a wealth of knowledge and resources. Um, and she's working on a business course for photographers, which is going to be amazing too. So yes. can't you for that. And also, yes. side note, KJ All Access is flipping hilarious. I think all it of the really reviews really that really I see um <laughs> are like people cracking up at the behind the scenes of you like losing your shoe or like standing in a bathtub yes. or like just it is being a total dwarf on a wedding day because that's really yes. be real. We are total dorks on a wedding day to get people to laugh or do what we got to do. Like, it's just so fun. So it awesome. is,
1: it is. It's one of, it's probably my favorite idea that I've ever had in education. Um, very vulnerable for me to let people see oh, that side right. of me, but I do really love it because it's real and it's, nothing is cut out unless I literally, you know, the, the wind sometimes catches a dress or two. I'm like, okay, we got to cut that out. <laughs> um, but besides that, we don't cut anything else out. So no, right. but thank you, friend. It, it's an honor to be a part of this. And I love what you're doing and the people that you're going to reach. And um, you're one of my favorite people. I love your voice. I think it's like such a calming voice. So (laughs) like the people are going to love, I'm like a Nancy Ray podcast. This is great.
0: Like this is a great idea. You are so sweet. (laughs) I think the same thing about your voice. So hopefully (laughs) we will be engaging enough to not. Put people to sleep with this podcast if our voices exactly, are soothing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, wake <okay>. up, people. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, thank you, Caitlin, so much. I am so grateful okay. for you as a friend. I look up to you so much. And we will Thanks. leave links to everything that Caitlin has mentioned in the show notes today. So if you guys are looking for Caitlin, you can easily click on the links to find her and follow her and what she's up to. Um, Yeah. Our heart is just that as Caitlin and I were real and vulnerable and sharing our stories and journeys and becoming mamas that it hopefully encourages and makes someone else feel a little less alone in your story, wherever you are. So thanks so much today for listening to work and play with Nancy Ray. Thanks for listening to episode 23 of work and play with Nancy Ray. Everything I've mentioned today can be found in the show notes at nancyray.com slash podcast slash 23. And you can find me at nancyray.com or follow me at nancyray on Instagram or Facebook almost daily. I'm going to close with words from Ian Thomas, and I feel like this is the perfect description of motherhood, especially regarding our conversation today. Everything has changed, and yet I am more me. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.